Intellectual property has fueled the fire of innovation in China. Over the past 25 years, China has transformed itself from a predominantly agricultural society to a manufacturing powerhouse. Esther Lim, managing partner of Finnegan's Shanghai office, joins us now from Shanghai to discuss the current IP landscape in this Eastern Asia country and best practices and strategies for domestic and foreign companies doing business in China. First of all, Esther, thanks for joining us. You know, since China's patent laws were enacted 25 years ago, China has steadily built up its intangible assets through intellectual property. Perhaps we could start this conversation by having you provide a bit of analysis on how China in 2008 became the sixth largest filer worldwide under the Patent Cooperation Treaty. Thank you, John. It's been a remarkable growth in patent filings in China, particularly given that China has only had its patent laws for the last 25 years. In 2008, as you mentioned, China became the sixth largest filer of the PCT, or the Patent Cooperation Treaty, applications, with over 6,000 new applications. Of those, Huawei had the lion's share with over 1,700 PCT patent applications published in 2008. And looking at 2009, China inched even closer to the top of the rankings by becoming the fifth largest PCT filer. So the growth is continuing. Also, within China in 2009, China's patent filings reached a record uh, near million. It was 976,000. And to give some context, in the United States, it was only about half that number, around 480,000. And the dramatic growth in filing in China last year is particularly significant in view of the global decline in international patent filings due to economic recession. Take Europe, for instance. Patent applications filed in 2009 actually fell for the first time in 20 years. So, again, particularly in the context of the global economy and the worldwide trend, the continued growth in China has been quite significant and remarkable. Esther, let me ask you about the innovation, this growth that you've talked about. Some pretty impressive statistics. What's fueling this innovation in China? There may be a couple things that's fueling the growth in China. One is that the Chinese government has made a significant push to foster indigenous innovation, innovations coming out of China. So they're going from the traditional model of manufactured or made in China to discovered in China. And certainly that is helping the Chinese enterprises in China to do more research and development work. The other thing is that the Chinese enterprises are growing. They are investing more and more into innovation and R&D and trying to develop their own technology that they can not only use within China, but also in products that they're selling outside of China. So both of these, those things combined have resulted in a significant growth. In the Chinese market, what are some of the best practices that U.S. companies can do to strategically manage their IP portfolio? In general, it's very important for U.S. companies to protect IP rights in China. That means filing Chinese patent applications in addition to U.S. patent applications. That also means registering trademarks protected in the U.S. and any variations for the local market. Foreign companies have suffered the blows of not having adequate protection in China, either to enforce against infringers in China or when they're sued for patent infringement but with no Chinese IP rights to assert in defense. And because China is a first-to-file country, it behooves foreign companies to file as early as possible. 
Maybe you can explain that a little bit, the first to file and, and how it may differ from the U.S. or other Western countries. What are, what are some of the differences? Certainly. In, in China, the patents are granted to those who first file or trademarks applications that are registered first by the applicant. In the United States, for patents, it is a first-to-invent system which means that even if you were the second to file, if you can prove later on that you were the first to invent, the patent rights will belong to the second filer but the first to invent. There are some discussions in the United States right now to go to the first to file system in Congress, but the laws have not passed yet. So at least in the United States, those who have invented first but may not be the first to file have at least a grace period and an opportunity to still get the patent rights. In China, there is no buffer room. Since 1972, Chinese companies have been named as respondents in well over a third of the Section 337 cases filed in the International Trade Commission. Can you explain how Chinese companies are striking back both in and outside of China? The tide is certainly turning. The Chinese companies are no longer just taking hits by foreign IP holders. In China, for example, Chinese companies are striking back against foreign companies. There's a famous case of Chen versus Schneider Electric where a Chinese enterprise won an impressive verdict of about 45 million U.S. dollars against a French company for patent infringement in a Wenzhou Intermediate People's Court in the late 2007. Ultimately, the party settled for about $25 U.S. million. The record high figure sent shockwaves in China and outside of China. Making another new splash earlier this year, in March 2010, was a Fairchild Semiconductor suing Power Integrations in Suzhou Intermediate Court asserting four Chinese patents. So clearly, Chinese companies are running to court as patent plaintiffs in China. It's commonly viewed that United States is the most patent litigious country, but China is a hotbed of IP litigation and has the most number of IP cases filed. Specifically, the Supreme People's Court in China announced that over 30,000 civil IP cases were filed in 2009, which is an increase of about 25% from the previous year. And Chinese companies are going on the IP offensive not only in China but outside of China as well. In an unusual case, a Chinese company flexed its patent muscle in a U.S. court last year. A Chinese company, uh, Changzhou Asian Endergonic Technology, sued a number of companies, including Best Buy, Walmart, and others, in Texas, alleging that the retailers were infringing the Chinese company's U.S. patent by selling products made by a competitor. While still at the vanguard of a new trend, this case shows the increasing willingness by Chinese companies to enforce IP both in and outside of China. And this is another trend I would think that's going to continue to grow for us, uh, for a while as, uh, as innovators around the world continue to sort of vie for market position. Yes, one would expect that. And again, the first case in Texas last year was fairly significant because Chinese companies have not commonly asserted its U.S. patent rights in U.S. courts against U.S. companies. But clearly, Chinese companies, when pushed, will be willing to do that more so in the future. Maybe we can talk about currency fluctuation just a little bit here. What, what does the increase in the currency mean for domestic and foreign companies doing business in China? 
the currency fluctuation has been a topic of wide anticipation and discussion, both inside and outside of China. And for U.S. companies doing business in China, if they have facilities here or employees here and other activities going on, it will be more expensive for them to do business in China because it's going to cost more with the stronger RMB against the dollar. However, for U.S. companies uh, that would like to compete against Chinese exports that are being sold in the United States, it's going to level the playing field a bit as the prices of the Chinese goods would be a bit higher uh, given the currency fluctuation. But in in either event, for companies doing business in China or having other plans to do business in China, it's important, at least from an IP perspective, to make the investment regardless of the currency situation because by comparison, filing Chinese patent applications at the Chinese Patent Office SIPO is still relatively inexpensive compared to applications in the United States and it is worth making the investment now as the numbers of applications are significantly increasing and getting your bookmark in line so that you will not be beat out by another filer. Esther, thank you so much. We appreciate the insight. Our guest has been Esther Lim, managing partner of Finnegan's Shanghai office. Finnegan is one of the largest IP law firms in the world. To stay current on IP issues in China and worldwide, to listen to other podcasts in this series, and to receive additional information on the firm, we invite you to visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.